Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hello and welcome to another episode of Stories from the Pack. Uh, Ryan Hooper here. Thank you all to everybody who continues to support the podcast. Uh, We're on to the second series of Stories from the Pack now. And if you haven't listened to us already, really a brief overview is what will become apparent when we do um, the episode today, is we like to get a guest on to share their own stories, um, their own stories from the pack and, and what it means to them and um, I'm delighted for this episode to be joined by someone uh, who will be a very familiar voice to Wolves fans, very familiar voice to fans across the Midlands, uh, because it's BBC WM's Daz Hale. Daz, how are you doing? How are you doing? Well, first of all, great, yeah. Thanks ever so much for inviting me along. It's a real privilege to, uh, to be here this evening as well, so it means a lot, so thank you. And we were saying before we came on air that we actually look like twins. <laughs> There's definitely a resemblance. Yeah. So when this when it goes out on video format, potentially, yeah, it might kind of throw you. But I don't know about you, Daz, but I think if you have a certain look that we have, you get compared to a lot of people. I think if you're bald and you've got glasses, you've got a list of people that Harry Hill, Heston, yeah. you know, it yeah. some better than others. But Walter yet. Walter Zenger is a Wolves theme, yeah. <laughs> We'll have the last laugh when me and you form a right said Fred tribute band. Never mind that the wolf pack howlers. We'll go around and we'll clean up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we and and yeah, we had Sol Backham, but we I don't think we could get away with Sol Backham. But he had a similar sort of cloth that, that than we have. But no, thank you. I think for a lot of people, um, you know, as, as as we'll come to really for yourself and your WM connection as well. Um, you know, you're someone who's is well respected, and it's great to get your your story today. So, um, we'll, what we'll do is we'll have a look at sort of not have a look. We'll refer to the current if we can, and then we'll sort of skip back. So, currently, a little bit about BBC WM's at the moment. Monday to Thursdays, you're on the breakfast show. Is that right? How's all that going at the moment? Well, that's right. Yeah, I mean, it's been really strange because. Um... I took over the breakfast show nearly two years ago with it was uh, with Samantha Mia who 
it's gone a full circle because when I was in my band about 300 years ago, the first national radio we ever did was she had a program on Radio 5 Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she asked me to fill it. I was asked to fill in for her when she went on it. She actually got married and I think it was her way of not inviting me to the wedding <laughs> by getting me to uh, present. So it went full circle. But um, since lockdown, six months ago now, uh, BBC Local Radio has changed its um, schedule. It's like an emergency um uh, schedule at the moment so you've still got lots of people like everywhere else who aren't actually uh, coming into work they're working like uh, like at home and mm-hmm. online and stuff so yeah so instead of doing th- uh, monday to friday six till nine together we know i do monday to thursday six till ten and she does friday saturday and sunday six till ten so we can't work together but it's the weirdest thing ever actually because Obviously, over the years, doing the job, you report on what's going on and you tell a story. But the weirdest thing now is that every single one of us are part of this story because Mm -hmm. this whole weird thing that's happened this year is impacting on every single one of us. So you actually from the epicentre of it and um, it's a bit bizarre at times, you know, and I think everybody at times just stops and thinks and for a second and see like everybody walking around in face coverings. It's like something from a science fiction movie, isn't it? But then you get on with it. But um, we've certainly had, I think we've played it. In, in, we're there obviously to inform people, but I think also it, it's been, it's been important as well to try and entertain them a little bit as well, because mm. otherwise you'd go absolutely bonkers, wouldn't you? I think that's the thing, isn't it really? It's the kind of, You've got to be informative, but keep it light as well. And as you say, and you know, I I've, I love radio. I, I'm a bit of a radio geek, and and I and I really believe in the part that it plays. And I think more than ever, you know, the radio is is there because I'm in a position now where 90% of the time I work from home, so I'll have a radio next to me to kind of mm. keep me going and keep me informed. And at, at time of recording, the, the Midlands is going through a lockdown, and there's a lockdown planned for Tuesday, and I think, you know, having that sort of relationship with the, the radio and that, that news is, is vital. And, and, it, and as you yeah. say, it's universal because it, it brings people together. But it's, mm. this, uh, it's the whole question of news and overload and how much is too much. And like you say, so I guess you have to balance that news yeah. and getting it out there with keeping it light. And Yeah, it, it is, it's a difficult balancing act because um, obviously, and I think a lot of people these days, the way people listen to radio has changed as well i think the days of like you know somebody like turning their, every the whole family crowding around the radio and listening to a whole show it, it ain't like that anymore so yeah at, on average most people especially in the breakfast time will probably listen for 20 25 minutes so it almost becomes like a rolling thing. So like you know when you mm. watch bbc breakfast or this morning britain or whatever it's called and the, you have to keep repeating information they must get on people's wick if they're listening all morning <laughs> we said that <laughs> half an hour ago but people are turning on all the time and it's about hearing people's stories and that's that's the one thing that local radio can do and i think it's really coming to his own over the last six months or so again usually when it, the, the snow's really bad or something bad happens and then you yeah, turn to your local <laughs> yeah all that sort of thing yeah. and i mean like you i mean what i used to do when i was a kid when when the wolves was playing away i'd be listening in you know on a Saturday afternoon to Radio Birmingham and then Radio WM listening for the goal horn and your heart skips a beat and so yeah. I'm from round here and that's this is the only station I've ever really I've done bits and bobs for others and I've had like a few little whispers along the way about but 
this is where I want to do it because this is mm. where this is where we talk from around here. This is where I'm from, mm. and so this is where I'm really feel most comfortable. And so they'll have to, you know, I'll I'll probably get sacked eventually. But in the <laughs> meantime, it's it's a privilege to be on air and to, and to be doing it. Brilliant, and and I think you just touched on that there in terms of the sport. And me and Dad's were having a, a, a brief chat sort of before record. And I think this will resonate with a lot of people, but you mentioned the goal horn and stuff. And I, and I, on, on the first series of stories from the pack, I was chatting to, to Lindsay Hooper, who's a broadcaster, and she was talking about her introduction to football, that it was around the radio. And I think that's for a lot of people now. And I know social media has, has changed things, and we can do a deep dive on this, and we probably haven't got the time. But to, to kind of, in a roundabout way, I think with BBC WN, that goal horn, that anticipation, being in that front room with my dad, and we're going to cut to, in that moment, as you say, where you're catching your breath and you're like, oh, I don't want to know if it's the money you, I don't know. You know, it's, yeah. it's iconic and, you know, the phoning and, and you know, I, I think Radio WM is, is a great sort of subculture where it's, it's, you know, it's relevant as it's always been. And it's, it's something which, for me, and for many football and Wolves fans, is part of our football foundations. Well, likewise, and um, the question I used to get, I still get, who does Francis support? Yes, yeah. <laughs> you, you can make your, and we get accused by everybody of being biased as well and having an agenda. Yeah. No, we're not. And with the phone in, you phone in, we, we, how do we know what people are going to say? Even if you phoned in and said, my name's Fred Bloggs, and I'm going to say, I want to talk about Villa. And then, then you could come on and say anything. So there's never any agenda. It's just whoever, call, whoever calls in. And, and like you with the goal horn, it's, if you're winning, you don't want the goal horn to go. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're losing, you're urging it to go on. Yeah. And when, obviously, I'm, over the last, I've been really, really privileged to do like, lot of get so many games over the years. And um, when we first started doing the games, you'd, you'd be at a match and the goal horn would go. And during the goal horn, you'd get the producer in your ear telling you which way it had gone. You'd say, mm. Wolves have scored or Villa have scored. And I said, I don't want to know. Don't <laughs> it's ruining it for me. So sometimes, otherwise, you could sometimes tell in the reporters, why is it used to kill it? If it's at the goal on it, go and they say, there's a goal at St Andrews, but it's bad news for Blues, isn't it? And it's killed it, and it's, I said, don't tell me, just say, there's a goal. <laughs> goal at Wolves, goal at Warsaw, goal at wherever. And let yeah. me just, you know, experience it the same as the listener, really. Brilliant. So, Brilliant. yeah, and so, and they didn't take any notice of me, but now they did, so, so that's what... <laughs> That's what I wanted to do as well. No, fantastic. And as, as I say, I think, you know, we, we talk about ways into the game and, you know, and, and even more so now at time recording when we can't go to the games, it takes on a, a different level as well. But for, for yourself, as if we sort of start at the beginning, for, for Wolves and your relationship with Wolves, when did that start in terms of when did you become yeah. a, a fan and when did you get involved? And you talk us a little bit about you know, your we, first memories. Yeah, well... I've got a brother who's 18 months older than me and my dad used to take us both down to begin with and I'd have been about six or seven and I'd, it'd be easy for me now to come on here and say, I could have gone and Googled a matching on that was the first one. Yeah. I've asked him, he doesn't remember what it was, but the one, I, the one I really remember first, I think it was in 75, 76. So I'd been, I was born in 68 and they beat Newcastle 5-0 at, really? at Molyneux. And I think, um, I think Kenny, if it scored, three or four and his brother was playing for Newcastle 
and that's the one I really remember. But so my dad, my dad he's, he's still with us now. He, he's watches Hensford more often than not now because mm. he's, he's eighty-two and whatever. But um, yeah, so we used to go and we used to go in the North Bank. And uh, right on the far left-hand side of the North Bank, where the old Molyneux Street stand was, and obviously the John Island stand miles away, there was something actually called like a children's pen. Mm-hmm. And so we'd stand in there, and you would get people with crates, standing on crates and stuff. <laughs> and that's where, where we always used to go. And my best friend, Staggy, used to come with us. And we've still got season tickets next to each other now. Because when I'm not, Brilliant. I have got a season ticket. And then don't tell anyone at the club, because I'll probably get... But, I'll give it away to one of my mates if I'm working, but then yeah. I've still got it up the South Bank now. Uh, and I always remember, we used to park by um, by the Elephants and Castle down by Smesto, and, and we'd get to the top of the hill, and you could see the TV gantry, and that's when you knew then if it was going to be on Match of the Day or Star Soccer, by how many... And if you knew it was the BBC, if there was loads of cameras, because obviously very few games were televised then. Mm-hmm. And if there was two or three cameras, oh, we're going to be on Star Soccer today. And I can honestly say that Genuinely, I call it the dingle tingle now. But <laughs> even now, that even then, even all through the, the, the terrible days when the ground was falling apart, match days, the butterflies, and then mm. when you walk down, the anticipation and that even if it was whoever on a Tuesday night in the rain or whatever, I still feel it every time and I still, I'm still buzzing when we've won, and so I have to be up at 2:45 in the morning. So after a night match, if we've won, can't switch And I'm still got a real like cloud. Where even after last night, you know, because oh, after the loss to Stoke in the in the League Cup, yeah. I'm still. And I really never want that to change because I think the point where you're just like on an even kill. What what is the point then? So the massive highs of the win and the massive lows of the defeat. And I've never, ever got used to that, ever. It's, it's mad, isn't it? And, and you're right. I mean, we've, we've first game. I've had people on and they said, look, I haven't got a clue. I don't know what, when my first game was, but I know my first experiences. And, yeah, uh, yeah. and I think that's the key. And it's, I know we romanticise, but people listening to this will be doing the same as well. So we're all good. We're in good company. But it is the walk to the ground. It is the idea. Yeah. I mean, for me... One of my first memories was my dad was taking me to a pub for the first time and he was saying things which I hadn't heard him say at home to his mates. And, and he was <laughs> like, I want part of this now. And and that to me was as exciting, as in, as enthralling as what was going on the pitch. Because I think in your sort of your formative years, you're aware of it, but you're more taken aback, aren't you, by the experience of it? Um, oh, as opposed the smell to, of the... It's yeah. kind of the tobacco and, yeah. um, you know, and, and I know that there's a lot, there's, I think cliches are cliches, by the way, because they're true most of the time. Yeah. The, the football club didn't, I didn't choose a football club, it chose me because it was through the family. But mm-hmm. if other people have chosen it a different way, that's fine. You know, there's, I'm not one of these people, I'm a better fan than you, or you're a better fan than me. People do it and, and the times have changed. And like, I think it's getting to the point now where, um, I've got a good friend, actually a friend of mine who's in a, actually quite a well-known band, I won't name drop, but he's a Chelsea fan and it gets mm. to the point now where a few years ago when he told him he was a Chelsea fan, he had to start then saying, yeah, but I've been watching them since, just so they don't think you're a glory hunter. And I think there's a little <laughs> bit of that going on now where you have to, yeah, but I have been, what was it? I went to Chorley. Well, actually, it was three games against Chorley and I, I did, <laughs> <laughs> all three, the Cannock Wolves, but it, 
if, if you weren't there, who cares? You know, it's, my dad was yeah. there in the fifties. I wish I'd been alive then when they were actually when they we did have a decent team. You know, so it's not about proving that you're better than this. I'm about, ultimately, if you support the team, you support the team, and not everyone can even go, can they? Mm. You know, because of either the money or work or all sorts of reasons. But that doesn't stop. If I'm not at a game. I'm still living every single moment of it. So I think we should just get over ourselves a little bit and just embrace the fact that, okay, we have got more fans now, but if the club's going to progress, then that's going to be the case. It's got to be the case. Otherwise, the club can't progress, can it? I think you're right, uh, and I do. And I think to kind of take the music angle that you reference there, I kind of compare it to if you, you follow a band and it's the kind of your band and then they get big and then it's kind of like, yes. oh, well, I've been following them from day one. I had the first album sort of thing. Yeah. And like you say, people with a badge of, of Chorley and it's like, well, there weren't 50,000 there, but yeah, how yeah, many exactly. people have been? But I think you're right. And I, I've done one recently with um, um, an American guy and, and he's gone into Walsh recently. And I think it is for everyone. It is a part of success. And, and ultimately, you're going to get people that come on board. But to, mostly, they, they respect the fact that they probably had a different route, but they embrace, you know, the wall. Unless, unless you go on Twitter. But, that, yeah. but social media is nasty, whatever it is, isn't it? And again, <laughs> though, ultimately, by the way, I love it when people have got different opinions. Because when, when you're doing a football phoning, there's nothing more bloody boring than everyone going, yeah, I agree with you. I agree. Who wants to hear that? And yeah. it's like with Twitter. But again, everybody is entitled to an opinion. Now, they might be, you might think it's ridiculous. A lot of the time I do. But they probably think, well, I think it's ridiculous. But that, the worst thing to do would be to support a team. And the, we know what the types of teams are where there ain't that sort of passion. Where it's just like, you know, I was saying before, where you just, I'd never want to get to that point where you, you're just on this even keel all the while. Who'd want to be involved with a club like that? And some people are. Yeah. So at least with this extreme highs and extreme lows, agony, ecstasy, sometimes within a day, you know, yeah. <laughs> how dare you lose a football match, especially <laughs> when in the Premier League, everyone needs to be sacked. And well, that's the world we're in now. And probably with it, Few people before would have just done that in the pub, wouldn't they? You know, over a yeah. pint at, at straight after the match or write, written to a load of bull about it, whereas now it's a lot more instant. But everyone's entitled to it and we all read it, don't we? So, uh, it's, you know. It's right. It's that, it's that instant sort of... Uh, I think, you know, earlier on in, in, in the season or sort of between season, there was a frustration, oh, we haven't signed players. And it would probably have been only a week, but it felt months because it's yeah. that whole refreshing social media for every minute and for every hour and tr and well, it, going off well, sound bites and. But it's a lot cheaper than bloody club call. Oh, and the that. club call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like be flashing on the sea facts. Wolves <laughs> to sign two million pound striker, and there'd always be a really tiny question mark which you didn't really look at at the time. She'd be phoning up, and it'd be like yeah. Jeff Owen, who I know Jeff and. He'd keep crapping on for about three minutes about nothing. It was cost me about 10 quid to find out there were being rumours that there might be interest. So at least it's a bit easier than that now, isn't it? You know. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I mean, what, what, to, 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 to perhaps people of a different era, Club Call, that was basically, I don't know if it was a premium number or it, was, it wasn't it cheap. Was. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was literally, you call the, the number and you would get the, the, the news. It's, it's, it seems such an alien thing now, but yeah. Um, and then you've just reminded me of sort of 
CFAX and, and I, I can even remember who Walls Midlands was free nine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Waiting then, for that page to turn. That's it. And you got and now I've got repetitive strain on my thumb through Twitter, but before it was through CFAX and like when it when it was a midweek, if, if you're you wake up trying to find everybody else's scores, it'd go through page at a time, it'd be page you'd be page nine. <laughs> you have to keep going through. and of course then as well um after the match the pink the sports targets the yeah. sporting star you'd oh. get that from an away game and yeah you'd have to get that just to find out how everybody had gone on because probably radio five live and if you missed the results at five o'clock because you were still getting into on your coach or in the car yeah they'd then just be crapping on as they still do you know with the, yeah, liverpool and man you you wouldn't know how warsaw had got on old shrewsbury or to see the league table, so it's all far more instant now. We are sounding old, aren't we? Sorry, no, but it's nostalgic, and I think people listening will be like, "Oh yeah," and I think that's the yeah. thing. I mean, the pink. I just, I, I've got it. It's like, yeah, I remember sort of my dad queuing up outside the news agents after the game, and if I read it first, I was in trouble. Yeah. He needed to see that league table on the back page of wherever well, it was. Again, you know, you bite again. You bite if we, we bite. I know the sales used to be much higher if like Wolves had won, for instance, mm. or Villarreal with the Argus. And you'd want to read it and then I'd love to get the Express. We used to have scrapbooks and cut out all the stuff out the Express and Star and the pictures mm. and things like that. And I mean, again, what about instant stuff now? Um, I remember when um, Wolves were like minutes from going through it, out of existence. And I remember again with when was Steve Ball going to go to Coventry? Mm. The only way you could find out, we actually had to wait for an announcement on the radio. <laughs> and it was like, whereas now, again, you'd be, there'd be so many different sources. And so I was like a nervous wreck, I think, all, all day. <laughs> but I remember putting a flag out my bedroom window when Derek Dugan, and, and as it turned out, the Batties saved Wolves. Um, I, don't, I don't think the neighbours were very impressed, but suddenly... <laughs> Brilliant. And you mentioned there, and, and there'll be many of them, you mentioned sort of highs and lows, and, and that was are a unique club in terms of, you know, the back-to-back -back relegations and being the first team to win all four divisions and so forth. So there's lots of highs and lows, but um, we'll, we'll kind of end the, this, this section on the positive. So by doing that, we'll start with a negative. So what's the lowest point following the walls, would you say, or is there a moment where... You thought, yeah. not maybe not why am I doing this, but God, it's it's not going to get any better than this. Or um, well, you see, because when we talk about them going all the way through all the leagues, I that was when I started going away, going mm. away from home, like properly. I mean, I've done like you did the other way, local game and whatever. But I was fifteen, sixteen, and so we used to go on the Cannock Wolves. and we went down obviously from the first division to the second division to the third division to the fourth division. And obviously Chorley and all that, and people see that as a bleak time. It was a bleak time. I must have done 80 grounds, and it was like, it, it was an adventure. And you're 16, 17, 18, you're going out with your, with your mate. We knew we were crap. I remember one game at Notts County, we hadn't scored a goal for about 10 matches, and the ball went in off big Ray Hankey's arse, and we were 3-0 down, and the Wolves fans were still celebrating when Notts County made it 4-1, just because we'd scored a goal. You know, it was, it was that, it's genuinely that bad. So, although, um, in the club's history, that was a bleak time. For me, it was horrible, but it was still a great time. So I was going away from home and going to all these grounds and it was a real part of me, me, me growing up. Um, I think for me, the, most, the worst time was going down under Saunders because the last mm. time when it had happened, 
we had no money and we were crap. And we, it was honest crap because he had a lot of teenagers playing and people who'd come from non-league and they were giving their best, but they just weren't good enough. But when you look at that squad and we all know what happened that season and those, that team should have been... And I think and we were actually in the top six, weren't we? Or seven early on under... Mm. under um, it was Solbacken, wasn't it? And, yeah. And um, I think it was absolutely criminal what happened. And those players, and we all know we hear J- Jamie O'Hara now. If anyone was at Brighton, I was actually working that day and mm. I was fuming. And I, I think I said a lot of things on air that I probably could get sued for now. <laughs> but I was absolutely fuming. And that was the, the low point because it was totally avoidable. Yeah. And you see, I'm not blaming one person. It was a whole catalogue of um, bad decisions. Going, actually going back from the year before when Mick McCarthy gave Roger Johnson the captaincy, which absolutely mm. destroyed and split the dressing room. And we never recovered from that. Uh, but of course then, that happens. But then, obviously, everything follows on then bringing in Jacket and the leper colony and, and the start then. I, I don't think we should forget what a big part Kenny Jacket played, actually. And again, it didn't... We'd reached the glass ceiling. He'd done what he'd got to do. He weren't going to get any better, but it was vital what he did. If you, if you go and look at what, how long like Sunderland have been in that league now, mm. which you, you've got a big history and a big ground and a big fan base, don't mean you're going to roll, do that. So, but the low point for me really was going down again. And that, I thought was humiliating. And I haven't forgotten a lot of the stick out from a lot of people. I said, don't be grudges. No, <laughs> think a lot better. Oh, I know. And, and I think... To that point, I think you make a really good point whereby you've seen them um, at a lower level, but you knew that was within their limitations. You know, you knew yes. what those players were capable of. But the most frustrating point, and, you know, you can criticise Wolves fans, or you can, but I think if you know that they're not good enough, you kind of go, okay, look, they're not good yeah. enough. But it's like you say, it's that infuriating, uh, uh, you know, when they've come off the, the, the premiership and good wages and so forth, and you've gone... God, why have you got yourself in that position? And, and as you say, number of on and off the pitch decisions, I guess, ultimately yes. were there. But that's the frustration, isn't it? Really, we, you know, if you've got a they're stealing the living, some of them players. Yeah, and um, you know they've reinvented history, some of them. But I ain't forgotten, and anyone who was there then ain't forgotten. So for me, yeah. that was when I've been the most angry because it was mm. totally, totally avoidable, and it should never have got to that. But in the end, it may it may have been a blessed in disguise, and, and again that season, the following season was great. It wouldn't have been much fun a second time round and a third time round. The novelty had soon worn off, but that year, and Lee Griffiths' dance at Port Vale, his league, yeah. his dance, <laughs> there was some great, great moments, weren't there? But uh, that was when I was the most angriest, was and that was the lowest point for me personally. I think, yeah. And I think just before we, we go to your highlight, just to touch on that, because I think it's important, because I remember speaking to, to Paul Berry on this about Jacket, and, and I, I think you're absolutely right. I remember the Preston game, and it was kind of like, look, what's gone is gone. It's a clean slate. Yeah. And coming out of the warm-up, you know, there's four or five thousand, however there were, and it was like, let's give it a go. But it, it took a certain type of character to lead that team, didn't it, I think? Uh, very much so. In fact, I remember the pressing. I wasn't working that day, so we actually went in the away end, and I saw a bloke in the pub beforehand. The previous time I'd seen him was on top of the, the Empire State Building. <laughs> I'd gone there with my wife to New York, and he used to go there. He, he was from Telford or Shrewsbury, and we used to see him in the away games in the 80s, and got to the top of the yeah. Empire State Building. There's a bloke in a bloody wall. I was like, I know you. <laughs> but the next time I saw him was 
Preston away, wasn't it? With Kevin Davis refereeing the match for most of it, I've seen, I've seen yeah. people call. Yeah. Uh, and punching, I think Danny Bart had two black eyes, I think, after that game. But no, so so that was that was the start, wasn't it, of um, of, of the resurgence? Brilliant. And then and then sort of you know lots of good moments. But uh, yeah, what would you if you had to class a moment or a season as being the best feeling you've had? What what would you say? Well, I've got to say the last three years, it's the yeah. best team I've ever seen. And um, I love the fact that we've got the Porto strip now, by the way. That's a yes. good way of going to do things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's great. Um, I think when the bully, when bully came, and obviously we missed out on the playoffs the first year, first year they'd ever done the playoffs. And we put those next two seasons, actually, when he got the 100-odd goals, and say I was going home and away, and it was just, just incredible because it gave us our pride back because we were the laughing stock of football mm. and you know scoring his winning goal at the Hawthorns when we got back into the, in the last minute as well when we got back up but I think actually um for me still one of my and we've had obviously we've had a lot of highs and you know it's difficult to pick one yeah. I am going to go for the Millennium Stadium that mm. day after so many heartbreaks and so much frustration and to be there that day around people uh, I'd got I, again. I'd done some work before the game and after, after the game, but I, I was actually there. I'd got in, in the way and with, with me, all my friends. And it was afterwards, um, obviously, the Sir Jack moment when he put his thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, and we'd made this record called Hey Jonesy with Steve Ball's brother. And that got played uh, over the tunnel in the next hour as mm-hmm. well, which was a pretty special one. But then it was just going out afterwards, coming outside seeing all the fans and then seeing people who you had seen at bloody Aldershot on a Tuesday mm. night in the rain in front of, you know, and to see those people. And it, it was just a special moment. And again, the massive frustration there was for whatever reason, when Sir Jack pulled the plug, didn't he, you know, financially, when I'll never understand why that happened. Mm. But um, that was that still stands out for me, and also, I mean, um, you wanted one, didn't you? No, carry on, <laughs> carry on. As well, yeah. I mean, we went to Wembley twice that year, and one was the mercantile yeah. centenary credit, which we went down to. But to be there again, when not that long ago, a blink of an eye, Wolves were like, um, you know, on their arses, and there they were at Wembley. They'd already won the fourth division. There was eighty thousand at Wembley. It was it was incredible. And again, we had we had hired our own minibus from Burntwood and my dad come and my friends like that. And and you look back now and you think, what a decade that was. I mean, we were nineteen eighty, yeah. won the League Cup and finished six. We're in Europe the next year. And then we're in the fourth division. And then, <laughs> and then it's like, what an incredible few years that was. Somebody should make a film about that. I think that's the thing. And and I know we're biased, but it's true, you know. It's you know the God, there's, I mean, there's obviously been lots of books written about it and so forth. But yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing really where, I, I don't know about you, I love right now and, and similar to you, I've got friends who are Baggis fans and Villa fans and so forth. So I remember sort of the League One stuff and that. But I enjoy what I'm doing now. But to kind of quote Nuno, I try and stay humble as best I can because it is just... I don't know if I just feel like it's going to wake up and it's and things are going to all change. go wrong again. Yeah, <laughs> which is terrible. All, but, you know. wrong again. Oh, I've got my. We can't see this if we're not showing the video. But I've also got my T-shirt from when 
we flew to Newcastle and Bully got the fourth. So I don't oh. know if you can see that from there now. Yeah. So yeah. I was bloody on game that day. <laughs> it was New Year's Day. You can't see it, can you, very well. But yeah, no, so we, I've got no. there as well. We can get, so, uh, well, that's worth a mention, Daz, then, because as I say, for, for people not list, listening, I, um, to, and you'll put them in the, the picture as well, but as I understand it, uh, there was a monarch sort of charter flight to Newcastle. Right, yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah talk me through that experience then. It was right, yeah, so because it was New Year's Day and it was like, oh, yeah. I mean, we'd have gone on the coaches anyhow, but they had this idea. And in the end, I think there was a thousand on these chartered flights. So I ended up sitting next to, Actually, on the transfer from the plane to the to the ground to the David Instone, who was right, yeah. I've got to know very well over the years since, uh, and so the idea was then just obviously it was Newcastle away, and we ended up winning four one. Um, John Burridge was in goal for Newcastle. Mark McGee played for Newcastle before he managed, and Steve Ball scored all four goals, all up our end in the second half, and obviously did his aeroplane when he got the third goal as well. And again, that was just another magical magical moment because all those seasons began to blur into one after which it really was groundhog day because every season we'd spend a million pound on this play a million pound on that play and have all this excitement this was going to be the year when but it didn't obviously it wasn't for a long long time and that was a really frustrating period as well and you meant you mentioned bully um you know iconic any any other players over the years that stand out for you um the sort of oh, favorite what? players yeah, well, I mean, like my first um, first hero was was John Richards mm -hmm. because that's when I first started to go. And I mentioned Kenny Hibbert earlier as well. And um, Kenny Hibbert is the only footballer I know who the kick off at three o'clock and by ten past three he'd have a massive sweat patch all the way down the front. <laughs> <of me. laughs> mm -hmm. um, and again, you know, I've, they say never meet your heroes. We've got to know them both over the years, and they're absolutely. Wonderful men. So I've got the posters on my wall. Although I have to say, uh, the arrival of Debbie Harry in my life from from <laughs> Blondie seemed to limit my wall's posters for a, while, for a while. But then, yeah, and then obviously, you know, obviously, I remember Robbie Keane's debut at Norwich when he was mm. like sixteen, wasn't he? In, in, I don't think he'd finished his paper round. <laughs> but obviously, it's it's like all of us. We all have our own favourite players over the years, don't we? And um, I think the interesting thing now is how much we've um, we've connected with with this bunch of players, and I think mm. that again is the characters of a lot of them live round by Wolverhampton. They've ingratiated themselves in the community, and I was talking about this earlier today, actually, that um, the connection between the supporters and new now. Now I know if we lose the next ten matches, that will probably go pretty quickly because that that's football, but. Um, I think apart from Graham Turner, who actually got booed onto the field in his first game as Wolves manager, by the way, but, but um, this is the you know, the, and I'm, I mean Mick McCarthy was was great as well for what he did. Jacket was great. So, but yeah, I mean John Richards, Kenny a bit bully for me, really. Brilliant. And no, I think we've got, we've got to touch on 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 the on the current. Um, you know, we're at time of recording, we won our, our first league game and unfortunately gone out the cup. But you know. Uh, as you say, you referenced earlier one of the best sides we've seen. And I think that's really interesting with the players because we talk about that a lot because you contrast it with the era of um, it, uh, when we went down and the players. And I'm not saying there's an exact correlation with this, but some of the players who we're aware of, we and some of them have been named, would live in Solihull and different areas. And I'm not saying that affects you on the pitch, but it's part of it, isn't it? Because I think what you get with these players and 
what's really, I don't know about you, Daz, what's taken me with these players is they're 21, 22, but they're so mature and, and they've got yeah. such a great attitude. And I know some fans are saying, oh, well, you know, maybe look at some British players. And then I think, well, no, because these Portuguese kids, they've got it all. They've got the talent, but they've got, got the humility. And they've got the respect. And Well, before, before I went full-time at um, WM, because I was still doing quite a few bits and bobs on the radio, I ended up for about three or four seasons doing some like match day stuff for Wolves. And mm. so I'd go in my suits, but I, by that time we'd moved to the new North Bank, the, not the new, new North Bank. The, you yeah. Know, the, yeah. Uh, and so I'd be there in like behind the goal in my shirt, <laughs> shirt and tie, having a good shout and a swear, then going doing <laughs> the interviews at half time. And I'd be there like at one o'clock interviewing people and stuff. But after the game, uh, the players, then um, they stopped wanting to come out of the, you know, like the main entrance at Molyneux mm -hmm. because they didn't want to have to sign autographs. And so they used to walk alongside the pitch and have like this, the car park then, which was up now by the, by the Wonder Pub where that was. They used to park, they used to have like their own private car park, but instead of walking out, most, not all of them, mm. there were some who would walk out and sign autographs, but these bloody big time Charlies who ended up taking us down to the third division, League One, didn't even want to sign autographs for, you know, the kids who, you know, probably yeah. about 10 kids, 15 kids. And, you know, you, yeah. you, you lose a lot of respect for people like that, don't you? But this, but I know, I know that from people within the club that they don't tolerate big time Charlies, they won't have mm. it. And uh, if you do get a bit above yourself, you ain't going to be there for very long. I think so that's it. And, they like, and they're nice people and they like each other and they get on. Mm. And like in any job, whether it's football or radio or, or whatever you do, if you all get, you know, if you don't get on with people, you can have the greatest job in the world, but it ain't much fun if the environment's a negative one. So if you can all get on, and ultimately then I think you, you're going to get, you, you've got each other's backs, haven't you? You, you, you? you put your body on your line for each other because you actually like them rather than thinking, oh, screw him. Do you know what I mean? So no. I think it makes a big, big difference. No, brilliant. And, and just sort of before we close, really, I know we could talk all night. Um, but in terms of um, the pack and, and the, the title of this series, what, what does that mean to you, being part of the pack? It's my life. And um, this is why it's been so tough, because I haven't done any... But the, moment, the way we're doing things at the moment is differently, uh, because we're only allowed one reporter in the ground and everything. Mm. I actually don't want to go like this at the moment i wouldn't mm. want to go in there when it's empty and having to have my temperature taken and and it really does it was bittersweet with, with the europa thing at the end because it you know, how terrible would it have been it'd have been great and it'd have been terrible if we'd gone all the way to the european final and couldn't have bloody gone yeah you yeah. know and so it's 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 my life and it's the one it's the one constant in my life it's all ever since i can remember stuff it's been there and it's my spirit, it's my spiritual home, which sounds really, really cheesy and really corny, but it is. And unfortunately, um, my wife, I mean, her family and my wife are all season ticket holders at the Albion, mm. right? So, so, and she still keeps throwing five one at me every time. We're, we're, <laughs> we're, although she's dreading it now <laughs> this season, but she gets it and it's the same for her as well. So, it's the thing about, um, same religion, different denomination, really. And, and that's the one thing I've noticed, you know, covering these games all over the years, you know, for, for, for WM. And I've never, ever gone to any game, if you know, so you go to walk Bristol Rovers Warsaw on a Tuesday night. It's always never felt anything more than an absolute privilege to be able mm. to go and say, I'm 
doing football. I'm still talking about football on the radio and any phoning or anything like that. It's, it is like, it's, well, you're living your dream, really, aren't you? It's your hobby. It's like me and you now, just chatting about football, and that's what it is. And, and ultimately, um, we've all got our passion and our for our teams, and I wouldn't have it any other way. But, you know, take away the colours of the team. Most of us are actually pretty much the same breed. And it's, it's like anyone for me who, you know, like I was saying before, not everybody can go to the game, and that's fair enough. But... If your next door neighbour might support Albion Villa Blue, but if, if he's if he or she's the same as you and they have the ups and downs, you've got the common ground, haven't you? Really, and then you have to pretend, you have to pretend to be nice to them though when they blast and really <laughs> you have to have a bit of like sympathy from time to time. But. It's it's the ultimate icebreaker, isn't it? You know, you mentioned yeah, sort of the yeah. you know going up in New York and seeing a Wolves fan and so forth, yeah. and you know, on your travels if you if you've got your Wolves colours on or just a, a football fan and. Yeah, it probably does sound a bit twee and a bit cheesy, but it's so, so true. And it's what makes it unique and makes it special. And, you know, when the, the, the club kind of, over the last few years, as you know, brought into this sort of pack. And I just think it's so accurate because they, this pack means you're a collective and you're part of it. And but what background or, you know, what cultural references that you have and how you've come to being part of the pack. You, you're all one in the same in that regard, as you say. Uh, and, and you know what, because again, it's like fa it's family, you can say what you want within a family and anything goes, but ultimately at the end of the day, you're all there for each other. But if anybody else says anything about your family, <laughs> and, that's what, <laughs> and that's what it's like. And, and I have yeah. to say that, um, you know, if you speak to other people and other supporters, because again, we've all been to crap, you know, you're obviously going to get games with this really flat atmosphere and you depend again on how, but a lot of them all say now, you know, the, the atmosphere, when it's rocking, there's no better place than it's spine tingling, isn't it? And again, people who support other teams will say the same, but, you know, it, it's from here, isn't it? And like, just, and if you're on holiday, you see someone in a, in a wolf's top, oh, look, he's got a wolf's top on his usually. You go and, have a, go and have a quick chat with them and stuff. And then you have to do the thing about how long you've supported them for, which I was on about before. Yes, get, get, <laughs> get, get your points in, sort of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then, oh, you hear him off Radio WM, and then it's back to, again, who does Francie support, which has gone full circle from the start of the conversation. Do you, do you get that, Daz, in terms of, because obviously, you know, your, your voice is so known over the Midlands. Have you had some, any funny encounters where you've been on the phone to someone or you're speaking to someone and you're kind of like, who's going to sort of break cover? Do they know who I am, sort of thing? It does happen. It's happened. In fact, the most bizarre one was it actually happened this way when I had my bloody face mask on. <laughs> 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 no, it does. It does. It does yeah. from time to time. Yeah, but that's that's the good thing about um, about radio is it's not like I mean I've got friends who work on telly and whatnot, and I did a, actually did a show for a couple of years. And she's a really good friend of mine with Alison Hammond. And right. Yeah. Yeah. She's gorgeous. She's lovely. Uh, but if you ever go out with her socially, you can't. You know, and you cannot choose. If, if you're going to be celebrity, you're to, you can't choose when you when you're famous. It's only not mm. not just when you're in a good mood. It's when when you're late for your bus or you've sat around with your partner or it's you know. Yeah. And she's magnificent with it, but it really does. It's just like you're just bombarded. No one gives a toss about me. <laughs> <laughs> but she's she's brilliant with it. But it's much easier on the radio because um, yeah. yeah. And again, as we said before, me and you have got such nondescript. <laughs> 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 anyway, um, 
uh, Brad Pitt I get sometimes, obviously. Yeah, of course. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I it was quite funny actually. I mean, I, obviously, I don't get recognised, but. I, I got recognised. It was in in a way, and then then it was kind of a little bit of a cut back. There was a, I was in the I was in the park just going for a walk, and then this lady was was running up to me. She was she stopped to run, took her headphones off. She was, and she kind of come up to me, and then I went all right, and she went, oh, I thought you're someone else, and it was quite funny because she kind of made such an effort to do that because if you're not sure, usually you would kind of be a bit coy and a bit all right. But she stopped her running everything. And then I was, I then went over to the, the, the park to, to meet my daughter. And there was a guy who looked just like me. And I thought, ah, okay. <laughs> I wonder if she's found him yet. <laughs> but anyway. No anyway. one's ever unpleasant to me if you're out and about. And no. the odd one. Every now and then the odd person would, you know, stop you. But they just, yeah. it's, it's lovely. It's absolutely lovely. And it's, so it's, it's great that it's, it, it's again, I sound, it genuinely is a privilege to be able mm. to be on the radio talking to the people of the area that I'm, I've never lived anywhere else but from around here, you know, so it's, it's part of it really. And like, so it's never a problem if I'm just going to say hello or shout at me at the football or whatever. Well, you've heard um, that now. <laughs> well, yeah, no, yeah it's, no, not, no. it's nice, you know, yeah. and uh, no one's ever been unpleasant to me, I don't think. They have online, but again, that's fair game, isn't it really? Well, and, the, and I'm also yeah. a great believer of that if you dish it out, you've got to take it as well, really. And um, that's fine if, if 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 you if you don't if you want if you put yourself forward for stuff which we have to in you know in both of what we do, then not everybody's going to agree with you and that's fine, isn't it? Really, you know, oh, as long as they're not, you know, abused. Well, they are abusive sometimes, but not too abusive, and that's fine. I can live with that, really. We 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 get the odd bit on on this podcast, and it's it, it's it's funny because we kind of give up our time. We don't get anything for it, other than the fact we love it, but. Again, you put yourself up there, you put yourself a vehicle, and it was quite funny because um, somebody, uh, this is a couple of years ago, said on Twitter, oh, it's um, five lads, five virgins sitting in mum and dad's living room recording a podcast. And I was like, do you know what we should do? We should get T-shirts printed with that. So you have to turn it on your head, you know, and, and it's kind of yeah. like, well, if you put and yourself it's wrong, there, it, it was It was the kitchen, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. I'm yeah. <laughs> Fair it was their mum's no, yeah. But it's like, it means the lit mate. Listen, I know who you are, and that's the job. And again, like yeah. doing what I do, not everyone's gonna like you. Yeah? I mean, no. and it's not very nice when they don't. But as long as I know who you are, and they're listening. Then you know you have to just that's again part of the job, isn't it? It goes with the territory. So no, and 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 on that, for anyone who um, continues to listen to the the, the podcast. Um, just a very quick mention. Obviously, the regular podcasts continue throughout the season. Uh, we've got the alternative Hall of Fame where we look back at uh, players, sort of past and present. We've got the stories from the pack series, which um, what we're on now, uh, and we've also got the film cast as well. So there's loads to listen for everybody who's interested. All on the podcast channels. Um, if you like what uh, what we do, then please leave us a five star review as well and get in touch. Um, but no, in closing, does real pleasure speaking to you. And um, yeah, so uh, if anybody wants to continue to keep in touch with Daz, your Twitter handle is, is that best, Daz Hale WM? That's it, yeah, simple as that. 
So again, thank you. It's just great just to be able to come on here and just have a chat about football and chat about Wolves. And um, it's unusual for me because usually I have to do like asking all the questions. So it's nice <laughs> not to have that pressure. You've had it all instead. <laughs> well, no, it, you've, you've made my job very easy. Uh, if I call it a job, but it's not. It's just talking to a friend here and a fan and you know and, and it's and it's great and we love what we do and hopefully people enjoy listening to it and what we've talked about will bring back some memories and uh and people have enjoyed listening so um so from really from both of us um thank you and we'll see you soon